0: Hello and welcome back to another podcast of My Child Left Home for Heaven. Um, That was one of my new happy songs, You Will Be Found by Natalie Grant and Corey Asbury. Um, I just think it's it's fitting for all of us because sometimes we feel so lonely and um, need to know that we will be found that someone's here watching out after us and looking out after us. And of course, that's God, but that's each one of us. And um, that's why you know support groups Facebook pages this podcast and so many others, I think, is wonderful so that you don't feel alone and that you know there's others out there, so you will be found and i'm going to play the song in its entirety at the end. Um, I guess i'm going to give a little plug here in the beginning to the two new Facebook pages that I set up that's kind of deals with this to give everyone a place to be able to talk with each other and be able to share in everything and that is. Um, the support group Facebook page, and that is just facebook.com forward slash support my child left home for heaven and that one I pretty much do posts on and you guys can comment, so I set up another one and it is a chat group so it's my child left home for heaven chat group and on that page there you can go ahead and you can post anything that you want to and uh everyone else can comment so you're feel free to post pictures of your children how you're feeling you know things that you found i try to put a lot of things on there from surviving grief um, and just anything that i find on the internet that i think will help each and every one of you But today's podcast is going to be kind of a short one. It's a leading in to a guest that I will have on in two weeks here. Mary Beth Chalki, and I hope I said that right. Um, Wonderful woman. And I just realized that it was going to be too much to try to do the intro to her and then do her podcast, do the podcast with her, having her talk about everything. So um, she is an RN, uh, first of all, mom, of course, first. And she's an RN. She is an author. She's a legislative advocate, a philanthropist. She does a um, thing called Hugs for Matt, which is a backpack thing she does for homeless that is just so cool. Um, can't wait for her to talk to you about that. She's a founder of a support group called SAD Support After Addiction Death. Um, but what we're going to talk about today mainly is her book, Letters to Matt. And I know many of you journal, and I know I've written letters to Emily a few times. I'm not that good at that I talk more than I than I can write, but just sharing with her how I felt and what was going on, and this book um, it was recommended. I put on Facebook, asking everyone to suggest books that they had read that really helped them in the beginning of their grief or throughout their grief, and this book was recommended. Um, so I of course ordered it on Amazon and started reading it, and contacted Mary Beth to see if she'd like to come on the podcast. But when I started reading it, I couldn't put it down. Um, It just says in in the beginning of it, a mother's tender journey to find herself after battling her son's seven-year addiction, overdose, and then death. And again, I know I do a lot of interviewing moms on here whose children have died from addiction and drug overdoses or fentanyl poisoning. And it's it's not because that's what I want to have the most on here. It's just remember 120,000 people died last year from a drug overdose and like I think 77 or 80,000 of those were from fentanyl poisoning so of course that is the majority of grieving mothers out there and um, I love to have other ones on and if you know you're doing something to get through your grief and find joy again and lost your child a different way contact me love to have you on here but anyway, today we're going to talk about uh, Mary Beth's book and and I just kind of wanted to give the intro to her and then I was going to read and there's too many to read all of my favorites from her, but just to kind of give you a little. Um, how about glimpse a little teaser as to what her. Uh, what the podcast will be like with her in two weeks so i'm going to go ahead and the the first one that i'm going to read and I, I usually don't like to just read on here, but like I said. Um, these just her her letters just spoke to me because it's so much how I have felt, and if I could write if I was a better writer, that I would write this so um the first one that she wrote was on May seventh two thousand nineteen, and it says, "Believing while I 'm grieving, Matt, since your death, my faith has taken a beating. I was so numb that first year my brain didn't have the capacity to grasp that your death was reality. My foggy brain refused to let the reality break through the steel cocoon that kept me sane and surviving all those firsts. As the years have passed, I now find myself in a constant state of anxiety, wondering about the afterlife. I remember praying for God to keep you safe when you moved to Florida for treatment. I prayed day and night that you would survive your disease and find your way to recovery. When you died, I questioned if God had heard my prayers or if God saw the big picture and saved you the only way he could. I continue to search for answers. I scan the internet for articles written by those who have survived a near-death experience, those who speak about seeing their bodies floating above the accident scene in surgical suite, those who speak about feeling peaceful and experiencing a joy they never knew here on Earth, of bright lights, glorious flowers, beautiful voices, of being welcomed by beings that they, they felt an immediate kinship with of never being afraid. My bookshelf holds books by doctors and experts on near death experiences. I feel like I'm walking through the desert dying of thirst and trying to quench this thirst by reading everything I can find to help my heart accept that you are in a better place. I continue to search for anything that will give me hope, my heart hope. The one book I'll never open was my Bible. It remained on my nightstand untouched. I don't know if I was mad at God or just didn't trust him anymore. As part of me felt he either didn't hear my prayers to keep you safe or he chose to ignore them. Every conversation I've had with God since your death ends with me saying to God that we must agree to disagree. I wanted you saved on earth. Obviously, God had other plans. One day while searching the internet, I found a reference on death and life after death. To my surprise, that piece was referencing the Bible. I was having one of those very dark days when grief was overwhelming my soul. I felt like I wasn't going to make it through the day. The reality that you were gone and I would never see you again on this earth was just too painful for me to accept. On that day, I reached for that book I had ignored for so long and began to read. I found the passages that were referenced in my internet search. Before I knew what was happening, I started to feel a slight sense of peace. The more I read, the more I wanted to read. I can't explain what happened to me as I read those words written over 2000 years ago, but I know I felt a shift in my soul. Everything I'd been searching for all those years was right here. Everything I needed to know about where you were had been sitting untouched on my nightstand. The Bible had become my go-to book. I know you were probably laughing at me, but it's true. I read the Bible every morning and continued to find a piece that baffles even me. My favorite verse is in the book of John, one my bad days i sit by myself and let those words wash over me john 14 gives me hope that you are with jesus and one day i will be there with you let your heart let your hearts be troubled i'm sorry let not your hearts be troubled believe in god believe also in my father's house are many rooms if it were so while i was here oh my goodness i can't believe i'm having such a hard time reading this i apologize and i can't edit it out and I know this verse almost by memory maybe that's why I'm struggling so let me try this again let not your hearts be troubled believe in God believe also in me in my father's house are many rooms if it were not so would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you and if I go and prepare a place for you will I come again will take you myself that where I am you may also be I mean, that verse is read a lot at at funerals, and I know it was it was read at Emily's. That's my interjecting there, not her her letter back to Mary Beth's letter. I'm not going to lie. I still have those days when I question why God didn't save you the way I wanted him to. I still have days when my anxiety gets the best of me. I still tell God we will continue to agree to disagree about your death. But I also have days where I feel a peace come over me as I read those words written so long ago. I remember sitting on the beach together we both loved the beach so much I remember laying back looking at the blue sky and saying heaven is a beach I remember you laughing and saying I hope so mom. Matt I hope so too I hope when it's my time I will wake up on a beach and see you running towards me until then I hold on to john 14 and slowly begin to rekindle my faith. That that letter just spoke so much to me because i see so much on the facebook pages and i know in the the few support groups that i have done, you know, online with some moms that your faith really wavers and you can't understand why god would take your child. And i get it. I went out on my dock and screamed at the top of my lungs, you know, why god and my neighbors, you know, wanted to call, they couldn't decide whether to call 911 for the police or for me to go to the hospital or looney bin. Um and I realized I did the same thing as Mary Beth I prayed for God to heal Emily and that was my exact prayer Lord, please heal her from this disease of addiction. Please heal her from the demons that are that are tormenting her and he did he took her home again, not the way I wanted, but like Mary Beth the way that God apparently wanted and that's that's hard for us to. um To fathom as moms, but we need to remember that god watched his son die and he had a son die for us he knows that grief and even jesus you know the shortest scripture verse in the bible is jesus wept and he wept when he got to the scene of lazarus his best friend who had died and yet he knew he was going to raise him from the dead but he still wept i mean god understands our grief Um, I wish I could read every single one of these in here. And again, I'm just encouraging you to buy this book on Amazon, um, Letters to Matt. Uh, The next one I just wanna read, and this is gonna be the only other one, and then I'm just gonna wait until she can talk with us on this podcast herself and go through some of these um, different letters. And I may find a shorter one between now and then. I've read the book, but now I'm going back and skimming it. So this one was on July 21st, 2019. And it says, Collateral Beauty of Shared Grief. Matt, one definition of collateral beauty is beauty that is impossible to see. Perhaps a devastating tragedy has broken your life beyond repair. This tragedy so unimaginable, so incomprehensible, has rendered you powerless to see beyond your brokenness. This This weekend, I witnessed the recurring presence of collateral beauty as I attended the Compassionate Friends National Conference in Philadelphia. The conference was specifically for parents like me, parents who have survived the unsurvivable. We have outlived our children. We have received the phone call that no parent would ever imagine receiving. We have heard those words Your child is dead. We know what it's like to, to try to breathe after our hearts have been ripped from our chest and lay shattered at our feet. We know. The pain of planning a celebration of life when we should have been planning a birthday, a family barbecue, a wedding. I really had no idea what to expect. I could feel anxiety gripping my throat as I stood in the line waiting for the conference materials. I remember looking around and recognizing the pain etched on parents who knew my grief. We were each given a red lanyard with our names displayed for everyone to see. Many like me carried pictures of beautiful smiling faces, faces that should be here. Faces that should be laughing and living. Faces not memorialized, but alive and well. My heart began to race. My twisted thoughts gripped my brain. I wanted to scream, hey, do you really think we need to wear a lanyard? Look at our faces. Look at our eyes. Grief has been etched permanently into our being. All you need to do is look. We are marked by unimaginable loss. I remember walking into the ballroom and scanning the room i could feel my tears beginning as i found the nearest table so many people gathered together it was as though we were one broken and encompassing each inch of available space space no longer strangers no shame no uneasiness our connection was palpable pictures names and stories were shared without one thought of judgment or guilt conversations that are taboo in society flowed like nectar from an exquisite flower Nothing was off limits. The time frame of our losses was never an issue. The cause of death was shared without the worry of judgment. The reality that our child died overrode the hows or the whys. These parents understand that this life-altering grief will last a lifetime. Unlike society's prescription of grief, having a timetable with stages that lead to the completion of mourning, these parents recognize that the loss of a child is neither linear nor logical. It's layered with secondary losses. We have not just lost a child. We have lost the the present and the future. We have lost hopes and dreams. During this amazing time, I never felt the need to defend my grief. I never felt the awkwardness. I never felt among those who feel that enough time has passed, I should be over Matt's death. I felt connected to those who needed no explanation when my tears flowed and my sobs echoed from the crowded room. Mothers I've come to know and love due to the power of social media showed me compassion and comfort. Hugs and tears mingled as we finally were able to physically wrap our arms around each other, knowing that nothing need to be said. We live it. We get it. I was given the gift of just being Matt's mom. I was given permission to leave my mask behind, to let my advocacy have a few days off, to disappear into and acknowledge my son and a sorrow. Of the profound loss i live with every day permission to mourn is the greatest gift we can give each other as brief parents i silently watched as collateral beauty surrounded me i witnessed it as parents who were once strangers came together and carried each other's grief just for an incredible moment our grief was lifted by another allowing our hearts to see the beauty of compassion and understanding that defies explanation Collateral beauty shined a light through the dark, the darkness of our brokenness, a light I will carry with me as I continue to live my grief. The experience of catching that glimpse of beauty among the dark ashes of child loss will remain in my heart forever. That one I thought was perfect to share with you as the Compassionate Friends is a support group. They have a Facebook group. Um, they do these national conferences it's for all child loss from miscarriages you know to adult children um i'm actually going to be there this denver this this july july sorry july 7th through 9th in denver colorado is where the conference will be this year and i was very honored to be asked to be a um workshop speaker or host um talking about dealing with the um stigma of overdoses and suicide so anyway i wasn't planning on doing a plug for them um but after reading that i thought i would share it because if you have the time and the the financial resources to be able to come out there uh for mary best words you heard what it was like i had the opportunity to attend a little mini conference here in florida with a bunch of moms i think there was 80 some of us i talked about it before not in vain And I know how powerful that was. I cannot imagine being around, you know, a whole um, huge room of, I don't know if it's gonna be hundreds or or what of, of moms and dads and grandparents and siblings all there, you know, sharing our grief. And like Mary Beth said, for that weekend, just being able to take the mask off and be Emily's mom, a grieving mom, not Kelly, who's out there trying to do advocacy work or the support or whatever I'm trying to do, but for me to be able to heal a little bit as well as as hopefully helping others. So anyway, go to their website, The Compassionate Friends. And on the very front of it pops up the um, conference in Denver, Colorado, July 7th through 9th of this year. And it's right there held at the Sheraton so you can book your room and they give you a special code so you can get your room for like 145 a night and um anyway flights right now i just looked i know for me we're like 350 i i figure um with everything it's probably going to cost me around eight nine hundred dollars to go out there but um i wish i would win the lottery and could afford to send all of you so anyway a little plug for them and like i said i just wanted to do this short podcast just to tell you all about the you know number one about the conference and number two to give you a little intro into Mary Beth, um, who I'll be interviewing in a couple weeks. So this gives us some time too, if you've heard this podcast and you've got questions for her, I haven't been able to do this before, email them to me and then I can ask her in the podcast and she can answer them. So my email again is all one word, heaven at gmail.com. The website, if you have not been on there, is mychildlefthomeforheaven.org. Facebook pages are listed on there and the memorial Facebook page that I only post my podcast and pictures of, you know, that you put on as a memorial to your children so that they will be out there in cyberspace for eternity. We all want our children's faces and memories to um, to live on forever and ever. And then I am going to do one more thing that I don't like to do at all. But I'm going to do as I need a little bit of help here. Um, you know, doing a podcast, I still have to pay for, I'm trying to get the editing software, which is a few hundred dollars, and I have to pay for Zoom every month. And I'm not asking you, grieving moms or dads, for support. But if you maybe listen to this podcast, and if you do, and you can even afford $10 if you could, if you could do that for me, and I'm I'm not gonna ask this all the time, trust me, I hate. Asking people for money, I ran a nonprofit for 20 years for equine therapy for children with special needs, and I was lousy at asking for money at fundraisers I was better about writing grants. Um, But if you have relatives that maybe um, would be willing to donate a little bit and like I said every teeny bit helps me here with what i'm trying to do and earmark it. um, You go through on PayPal, so please put that it's towards the podcast or if you want to help with the educational materials I'm trying to get in the school for um you know drug awareness or for the billboards for that for whatever you want it earmarked to if you want it to go into an account to be able to raise money to help grieving families with final expenses if they cannot afford that um earmark what you would like it to go into and I promise you like I said ran a nonprofit for 20 years and always was just spot on with uh My finances and my records on there. So if you go on the website again, mychildlefthomeforheaven@gmail. I'm sorry, mychildlefthomeforheaven.org. And if you scroll down, um, there's some videos on there that I've put on there. Also, you can uh, there's a QR code that goes straight to the PayPal account. Um, And I think if you just even put in mychildlefthomeforheaven through PayPal, that it would come up. Um, There's some videos on there also of some TV. Things that I've done for uh, drug advocacy on the TEARS page, which is a new link I've put on, which is a group I'm trying to start nationally of all of us moms who are involved in groups and doing things to kind of talk and get together on and raise funds for these educational materials in the school system. So, anyway, I promise I'm not going to give plugs. I don't like to ask for money. I drove back from Georgia yesterday from a horse show with my uh, second daughter, Olivia. And I have some really exciting news, but I can't tell it for a couple weeks Um, so stay tuned because i've got some happy news to share here in a few weeks. But anyway, back to my second daughter Olivia went to a mounted shooting competition with her and uh, she did wonderful second place at regionals at that. um, Anyway, driving back I listened to a podcast to one podcast his name's Jesse Kelly for six hours straight, and it was really got to me that he did so many um commercials in it and I get it because that's how they pay for the for their podcast and that so not something that I'm going to be doing constantly so anyway I want to go back and um play this song for you again and I just I love like the just even the beginning words or have you ever felt like nobody was there have you ever felt forgotten in the middle of nowhere have you ever felt like you could disappear like you could fall and no one would hear so listen to the words I'm going to play the song in the entirety and then just um, fade out. So I'm not even gonna say my usual uh, Kelly out or whatever. And I look forward to you tuning in in a couple weeks when I have Mary Beth on here personally again. Email me some questions if you'd like um, questions, you know, asked to her. And we're starting up the support group online on Zoom actually tonight. It is March thirteenth, fourteenth. And uh, anyway, you can still join in if you miss the first or second week. After that, I've kind of have to close the group. So if you're interested in that, um, email me also.